Welcome to the Link Messages podcast. We're so excited you chose to spend your time chasing after Jesus with us. The Link is Christian Life Cathedral's gathering of college students and young adults. You can join us in person on Thursday nights at 7.30 at the CLC Student Center in Fayetteville, Arkansas. On this week's podcast, expect to find a thought-provoking message from our service on Thursday night. Don't blame me. Uh, but we have some incredible guests with us tonight and some incredible members of this community. And we're going to talk a little bit about singleness. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships. Anybody want to hear about that? Yeah? Yeah? I think it's going to be good. Uh, one of our panelists said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. Uh, if I have not had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Danny. I have the honor of being uh, the college young adult pastor here at CLC. Thank you for joining us. Um, just a quick reminder, if you have never been here before, please fill out a Connect card. Like my wife said earlier, we're not going to spam you. Uh, we just want to uh, get a little bit of information from you so we can send you a few things and just keep you in the know about what's happening here in this community. So, uh I'm going to go ahead and invite some of our panelists up front. So um, our very first one, I'd like to invite uh, Amberly. You can sit right here. Amberly Horton, please give her a huge link welcome. You can sit next to me tonight. Is that okay? Ask your wife. Ask your wife. Liz, is that okay? Okay, cool. Liz gave a thumbs up. All right. Um, next, I want to invite, let me see. Are they, are they here in the room right now? Is, is Alex in here, Kirby? Where is he at? Is he hiding? Oh, there he is. I would like to invite to the front our uh, newly minted one-year anniversary couple, Alex and Kirby. Y'all coming up here, grab a seat. Where, I mean, wherever. Y'all can, y'all can sit on the side. You can sit in the middle, whatever you want. And then, y'all, please give a huge link welcome to some people that you may not know, but you're going to get to know them tonight. They're my friends, soon to be yours. Please welcome Anthony and Anita Ball. Yes. Y'all get, y'all get the middle. <laughs> Y'all get the middle. So uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about singleness. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships, about dating, about marriage. We might even talk about sex. What? Who said that? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Liz said, why are you whispering? Sex. Okay, cool. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pass the mic, and we're just going to have a conversation tonight. I'm going to ask some questions, and I'm going to let uh, these amazing people up here give some answers. And so we're, we just want this conversation to flow. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't feel like you have to answer every question. Don't feel like you have to, to know everything, um, but just jump in whenever. Um, Amberly, you might want to scoot down a little bit so that we can get the microphone. Here, let me hold that for you. Oh, Anthony said, I'm just going to pull the whole stool over for you. All right. All right. So uh, just to start us off, I thought it would be fun. <laughs> I thought it would be fun if I just gave a little icebreaker question. So here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to tell us who you are and then kind of your relationship status and tell us a worst date story, a worst date story. All right. Start us off. Okay, so my name's Amberly. Hi, Amberly. Hey. Hey. Oh. Hey, hey, 
I'm here repping for the single people, obviously. Um, my worst date story. Um, I've been on a couple not good ones. Um, <laughs> Lydia laughs because she probably understands. <laughs> um, the what? That means you've probably been on a bad date. Okay, so the first one that came to mind, um, I actually, long story short, I got stood up, but Sarah Giroux came and ate Mexican food with me, so it wasn't the worst after all. Hi, I'm Anthony. I'm Anita's husband. Uh, yes. That's, glad to be here. Hopefully I don't get sat down Sunday morning off the drums. All right, thank you. I plan all the dates, so I'm not, I don't, I have never had a bad date, so I'm going to let Anita <laughs> talk. <laughs> don't do, do Hi, I'm Anita. I hang out with this guy. Uh, it's been nine years this year. Um, it's been a pretty cool ride so far. <laughs> um, let me see, worst date. Since it's getting close to Valentine's Day, I guess I'll tell the story. So we was dating, we were in college, and dinner was supposed to be at 7 o'clock. Well, 7.30 came, 8 o'clock came, 9.30 came. <laughs> Mr. Ball knocked on the door with balloons. Not flowers, just balloons. I must admit, he, he's awesome with gifts, but this time he kind of got the balloons popped. My name's Kirby. Um, I'm married to Alex. We just celebrated one year of marriage like a couple of weeks ago. So we're not experts at all, um, but we're just happy to be here. We got it all figured out. Yeah, we know everything. <laughs> Write down everything we say. Um, my worst date story was not with Alex. So we've had good dates. I don't know, he didn't specify, there's no rules. Um, my worst date story was I have, some of you know I have a phobia, like a legitimate, um, it's called blood injection injury phobia. It's a real thing and I have it. Um, and so basically I faint really easily around like blood, um, guts. She got her eyes dilated and fainted. I did. Um, and my, I went on a date, it was like one of my first dates ever with this guy and we went to see Soul Surfer. <laughs> In the movie theater, just sweating <laughs> all the blood was out of my head um like hyperventilating <laughs> i don't know if he knew that was happening i was really trying to hide it but i was mortified i was just about to pass out so that was the worst date hi i'm alex and i'm married to kirby um so my worst date story in honor of valentine's as well we so i was i was yes kirby and i um i was super super cute with it I set up this like movie in the back of the car situation. We came to the church parking lot and like we're gonna sit at the overlook and watch a movie and um, had like chocolate covered strawberries. And so we both love tacos for life. We went and got, got it and take it, took it to our spot. And I ended up, um, the date went well, the date went well. I ended up getting very, very sick from Tacos for Life, though, and I ended up in the ER. And so since then, it's like, it's ruined, it's ruined Tacos for Life, first off. 
And then it's also ruined that, that date, so. Since then, I have eaten it and haven't gotten sick, so okay. I think it's good. Cool. All right, cool. I just, I didn't know if we were going to see some fireworks next week. So, <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Hey, uh, let's, let's kind of start this conversation off by talking about some good things, because I feel like a lot of times uh, we hear a lot of negative things, but uh, staying with marriage, so we, we hear negative things when it comes to dating or marriage or how hard it can be or something like that. Uh, can I start off with just, what is good? I would say friendship. Um, Kirby and I started as just friends, and a lot of you may know, and some of you may not. Um, I was in the friend zone for a very, very long time. <laughs> and, you know, we established our relationship on being friends, and since being married, it's been amazing to um, just get to hang out with your best friend all the time. Um, and so that's my favorite part of marriage. Living with your best friend. He said that already. <laughs> um, so we've we we are high school sweethearts. Um, so we've been together since I was a junior. She was a senior. You know, I like the I like the Cougars. Wow. <laughs> but um, I think <laughs> I'm super goofy. So like and and so uh, stop, Ralph. So like we've we've just like always been friends and always been able to like laugh and you know even when we were stuck in church for a long time all day we was I had to go to church with her and she had to go to church with me and you know she was Pentecostal so they went to church all day and uh, we we always found comedy even when we were at church and you know we would laugh at the church mothers for the big hats and uh, so like literally we just grew up together and uh, I think as we get older, uh, we, we learn more about each other because you just change. Uh, we got two kids now, uh, a six-year-old and about to be a three-year-old. So uh, we literally, like, we do life together. So uh, it's always fun um, just kind of like getting to know each other and unlocking those doors uh, that's, that you have to do in a relationship. Because I think, you know, ev no matter when you get married, like, you have these you have these locked doors um, that you're afraid to like let people in on because you think they may judge you. Even if this is like your best friend, like you keep stuff to yourself. Like we, everybody here, I'm gonna take this to my grave, you know. Like, and and it's so um, it's so uh, liberating to be able to share uh, those. What if it may be a deep dark secret or uh, a long trauma you've had or. Uh, something you may be embarrassed about you grew up from or whatever. Uh, it's just cool to be able to share something. I think uh, when you talk about being free, uh, it's, with, it's, it's something that you talk about being within, free within. Uh, and to be able to let that go and, and share that with somebody, that's the best part about it. Top that. Okay, so uh, being single. Um, the first thing that came to my mind about the best part is just availability. There's only one calendar to check. <laughs> so I can travel. If someone calls me and they're like, hey, I need help, like, it's only, I only need to worry about myself. Um, but that sounds selfish. I didn't mean it like that. But 
<laughs> and I don't have to compromise for the thermostat. So. That's a big deal. <laughs> so I, I I don't know the hardest part, but I'll say this: like when we first got married, we used to bicker over like the smallest, the smallest possible things or whatever. Um, like she folded her towels a certain way, I folded my towels a certain way, I folded my t-shirts a certain way. It was dumb. Hers was smart, and you would literally be furious over each other. And you and I'm sitting in the back of my head, like, are we really la like, like going to town about towels and the way I fold my t-shirts? Like, it's my t-shirt. Like, you don't have to wear my t-shirt. Like, it's oh oh. I think marriage becomes hard because you take these two individual people and you place them in this one space to learn each other. Because even though you've dated and even though you've been around each other and you think you know everything possible about this person that you've dated but when you're in this house and you wake up to this person and you spend time actually this intimate personal time one-on-one -on -one quality time with a person I feel like that's when you really get to know a person they open their soul to the to you and so for us I think that's what it's it started. We started building a family with each other. Um, we was able to be open and honest and not feel like we can exit out the door. When you and um, when you dating, I feel like it's always that exit. And so when you are truly committed, not on paper, but in your heart before God, before friends, it leaves that you stand there and you reveal all of you, even if it's I fold my towels one way or you fold your towels that way. And I think that's how you build your family um, because all of your business is open to each other and that's how um, a healthy communication really starts because really marriage becomes hard when the communication lies. Um, <laughs> we still have to learn to communicate. Yeah, um, still <laughs> um, I think the hardest part is um, you are fully exposed and there's nowhere to run anymore. Um, and I am a huge withdrawer when it comes to conflict. Um, I just shut down and I love to ignore it. And when I was just single and living by myself, I could do that because it's just me. Um, and you have to address it and work through it. Um, and so it's beautiful, but it's really difficult. And it's a big learning curve, especially like um, there's a lot of things for me that I feel like I'm starting from scratch where I didn't grow up with the best example of marriage. Um, and so learning some basic communication skills that he got to see and I never knew about um, and trying to like work through the different learning curve where I, I have to learn a lot here, but he doesn't, but then he has to learn a lot somewhere else and I'm better at that. So um, yeah, there's nowhere to run. You have to face your conflicts and your weaknesses and all of that, which is good, but it's really hard. Yeah. To back that up, I kind of think, so 
you are molded your whole life. You have all these experiences, your family, whatever it may be, your friends, and you're molded into your individual person. And you take those traits and characteristics and whatever habits you've built with yourself, and then you try to merge into someone else's characters and um, everything else that they've been molded by. And it's really hard at first to figure out how to become your own, like, one unit. Um, and so I think, like, yeah, that's been the hardest uh, part of marriage for us. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I wrote down a couple things. Um, obviously, like, first thing on this, loneliness is a big one, um, and insecurity about, like, well, like, why am I single? Like, especially if um, I've been in relationships before, so experiencing the other side of breakups. Um, online dating is the worst. Um, Yep, thank you for the support. Um, and then I've actually talked to some people in the room about this before, but not being included when it comes to, like, other couples and married couples. Um, well, obviously not. They can't really help with the online dating one, but... <laughs> yeah, if you have single friends... Um, you know, that'll work. Um, but, <laughs> but with uh, the not being included, um, actually, I want to give, like, I mean, I've had, to, there's a lot of people in this room that are really good about it, so this is not really directed to people in this room because you and Liz are really great about it, and Alex and Kirby are really great about it, um, about making sure that they're intentional about, like, we want you to be there and acknowledging that, like, yes, you're single, but I want you to, like, you're part of my life. And that's important, whether you're single, married, whatever. Like, you still have value in my life. Um, so I think that. And then with the loneliness and insecurity, um, I don't know. It, that's a hard one for other people to help with because that just kind of goes back to, like, reminding yourself of the truth um, from the word. Um, because, I mean, I can be around people all the time and still feel that loneliness of being single. But I guess it's just kind of being honest with your friends and your friends kind of checking in because not everyone who is single struggles with that, but married people, I know that, I mean, I'm sure married people still feel loneliness too, but just being honest and upfront with your friends about it. Well, I, I mean, so I'll say this, like, um, and this is even something I talked about with the CLC uh, pastors. I think we should do a, a better job about bringing, having these conversations. You're doing a good job. Everybody give it up. Pastor, Pastor Dana. <clears throat> but seriously, like, you, we, don't, we don't get to have these conversations a lot. And, uh, like, who, who feels like they, they didn't grow up around healthy relationships? So it's like, didn't, you know? And like, so we're not alone. Like every, it's, I mean, it's, it gotta be at least half of us feel like they didn't grow up around really, really healthy relationships. So uh, I think we're always seeking that. Even when we get married, we're still seeking um, like healthy relationships and 
you know, finding whole people so we can kind of rub off on them a little bit. They can rub off on us a little bit. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. What's the question? Sex. She said sex. So I grew up, uh, I'm from farther south than here, and I grew up in the south in the Bible Belt. So my whole life has been centered around sex is bad, don't think about it, don't even, don't talk about it, like, it doesn't exist until the day you walk down the aisle, then you can talk about it, then you can ask questions about it, then you can know the truth about what it is, but before that, it's very shameful. Very, um, I think it is not communicated very often that marriage is not like the ultimate fulfillment or the end goal or the final, you know what I mean? Like we're still insecure. We're still lonely. Like just because we're married does not mean we have arrived somewhere. And I think there's this stigma that, oh my gosh, this person's 29 and they're not married yet. Like they're late. You can't not be late to something that there is no due date for. Um, there is no, sorry, I get so tired of about this. <laughs> um, it's just, and it's, I think there's a stigma that like, if you're not married yet, um, there's something wrong with you or there's some way you haven't matured yet or something not good enough about you. And that is so not true. Um, there was nothing about me that labeled me as qualified, like qualified enough to be married. Like I was a mess. I was still struggling with mental health and issues that I had hoped to have cleaned up before meeting him that were not cleaned up. Um, and same for him. Um, and so there's something so, <laughs> there's something, <laughs> um, there's something so beautiful about being single and you only get to do that for like a pretty small percentage of your life in the grand scheme of things. Embrace it, yes. So, I have a whole soapbox about that if anybody wants to talk to me afterwards. Yeah. Okay, here's, here's a real question. And I think we hear a lot of this where, uh, especially in like younger couples who are like really passionate, they're like, I just love him. I just love her. Well, where are you going to live? I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love him. What are you guys going to do for work? I don't know. I just love him. It's all good. It's going to work out. Is love enough? Yes, but love is not a feeling. Mm, okay. So by that, I mean love is a choice. Um, it is an action word. And so the feeling of love is not enough. You will get divorced. Um, because you don't always feel that. Um, the choice of love, which is very evident when it's difficult to love the other person. That is what is enough, and that is what sustains you. <laughs> Alex said retweet. I'm not saying anything. I'll say this. Quick answer. No, it's not enough. Um, so I get in trouble a lot. Like, it's a few of y'all that 
you know, at the end of service, we'll gather around, we'll talk, and I'll put my foot in my mouth a lot of times. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, I think tough, like, these conversations are very, very important. So I had a conversation with uh, Pastor Grant. Everybody knows he's been in South Africa for a long time. And uh, we, was, we had a joke. His, his daughter was trying to kiss my son. Uh, and I, I had to, like, roll up on her and let her know, why like, you can't be kissing on my son. Um, <laughs> but he started, we started joking about arranging a marriage. And, and um, the point of it is um, people forget where marriage came from. Marriage wasn't about love in the first place. Marriage was about business. Um, and I think if you look at Middle Eastern uh, families, Zeke families, uh, Chinese families, uh, Asian, I mean, Asian, if you look at um, just older communities um, that's older than America, it's, it's, it's about business. Uh, it's an eco economic uh, agreement. And I think and this is where I, I kind of get in trouble. I think, I, I, I think we've left that part out too much. Because, um, you know, she can love me all day, but if I can't bring home, if I can't warm her up because there's no house and I can't feed her because there's no food, it's hard to love me when you're hungry and, and when you're cold. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think we're having a lot of great progressive conversations about women's right, and I'm I'm all for it, um, and because men have been toxic and abused power as well. But at the end of the day, I think we're still programmed to a woman wants to be kept, and a man wants to be a keeper. Uh, and I think the farther we get away from that, that's the reason why you're seeing divorce rates because men are coming in and saying, "Hey, can you meet me halfway?" And that's not really how it goes. Um, and I, I think deep down, like. It's just, it's just the way it is, <laughs> you know. Um, and and I, and you know, that's just, I just think that's where it, it lands. Like, we're 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 talking about we love each other so much, but we're not bringing any other substance to the table. Like, people are mentally weaker and financially weaker and spiritually weaker, and we need to address those things. Love was always important, but I knew my father loved me first, period. Like, before I even start thinking about loving a man or anything, like, my father loved me. I knew he will stand and take care of me before anybody. So I love, my, I love myself first before even thinking about love because I knew I came from love. And so I think that's where we need to start at. The homes that children are being raised, the homes that you was raised in, how did the love affect you? How do you embrace love? Um, and I think that affects how we see love. That's good. Okay, can we get spicy real quick? Okay. <laughs> okay, so how, let's, let's, nobody wants to get spicy. Okay, I'm going to ask that question, but anyway. Uh, okay, so talking about sex. How is your sex life now versus what you thought it was going to be when you were younger? I'll be vulnerable. Um, so a lot of my 
life from a young age, I grew up struggling with a porn addiction. Um, I have since kicked that and have overcame it, but it, man, it's, it's hard. Um, and it's not just in men, it's not just in women, or, or it's not just in men, it's also women as well. And so it's, porn has created so many false expectations of sex and what love is. And so um, I think being able to um, kick that addiction and also um, just learn what true love is has been amazing, but um, it's definitely something that I wasn't prepared for. Um, <laughs> I think it's, I was going to give a very like, brief or a, a vague answer but then I'm like the whole point of this is to talk about things the church hasn't talked about before. come on, so I'll just come go on, come um, on. I think for us it's been hard in the sense of like uh like him wanting it more often than me um can I say that keep it real <laughs> come on keep it real <laughs> and so I mean that's hard and I didn't expect that like I, I just thought we would always be on the same page and that's not the truth um and so like I said we're only a year into marriage like I haven't figured that out yet but um even through that I'm just learning the importance of talking to people around me also and not keeping that to myself just because it's like an awkward topic like it's real and honestly everybody I've talked to about it has also related and so it's just so important like um to talk about it like Sex was never designed to be something about shame, which is another hard thing about sex, the shame, because sometimes a lot of us who grew up in church, like Amberly said, feel so much shame around even just talking about it. And it's intended to be such a beautiful, freeing thing full of confidence and vulnerability and, you know, and um, I'm all over the place, but I hope that made sense. <laughs> Thanks for getting real, Kirby. How is your sex life now versus what you thought it was going to be when you were younger? Uh, now it's definitely a roller coaster. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. I mean, <laughs> we are two kids in. As a kid, um, um, I guess, you know, it was always reserved. You don't talk about it. That's kind of where I came from. Um, I'm going to be honest. I came from a place where I heard a lot of sick stories about, you know, my uncle touched me or my daddy touched me or um, different, just different stories that women uh, went through. And so for me, it was always... Um, made me feel insecure. Um, and so um, growing up, sex wasn't big for me. Um, I mean, when you hear keep yourself, keep yourself, be here over and over and over again, how do you even start to uh, reveal yourself yeah. to someone you love? Yeah. Um, because the steps are not there to even prepare you for. And so for me, I can honestly uh, reveal myself and say it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, even after having two kids, um, it's a daily walk to um, communicate and 
to um, understand and to talk to other couples and talk to people who's in a healthy place about it because it's beautiful. Um, it was meant to be done. Uh, we are humans. We feel things. And I think when we um, realize it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's meant to be done with the right person, um, then we are able to embrace it more. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm a church boy deep down, you know, so I'm going to be real, though. Um, so, so, um, so quick answer. I'll say this because I, I want to say something else. So, um, it was liberating when we got married uh, because, again, it was so much shame tied to it. And, you know, you sneak out and you do it and you know, you go to the movies and you try to do it. And it was so much pressure and it's, you know, I mean, real, like, like, fellas, like, it's like, like, like women, it's like a due date to get married for dudes. It's a due date to lose your virginity. You know, like, you're not a man if you're going into a situation and you're virginity. Like, it's not cool to be a virgin as a guy. Um, you know, like, I was a basketball, I was an athlete. Um, and it was so, like... Teenage pregnancy was so huge and um, in my uh, city, in my community, uh, like literally, even when I got married, we waited uh, and people thought I couldn't have kids because like people were starting to have kids when they're 16 and 17 uh, and we didn't have kids until we were, you know, 22, 23, 24. It was later than that. Uh, it was later than that. So, uh, so when, when, you, when you finally... Go down the aisle and you get your wife and it's your person. Uh, it's li it was liberating because it was no, for me, it was no shame attached to it. God wanted me to do this. You know, so, um, but what I want to say is like, um, I think over, like since I've been married, uh, it's kind of made me a softy. Uh, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, I was, I had, I, I had women all around me as far as like aunties and my sisters. It wasn't a lot of guys around. So, like, I've heard so many times where women were raped and women were touched on and women had pressure about sex or, or whatever. Like, fellas, we got to do a better job of protecting our women. Um, like, we got to do a way, way better job. Like, I've heard stories uh, from some of the ladies that go to church and how we even teach uh, guys about sex and the way we teach women about sex in church. Uh, and I think we just got to be more responsible uh, how we talk about these things. There's so much, it's so much nuance, um, like, that's tied to this stuff. That's why you have the, we, the, the, the Me Too movement and stuff like that. Like, to hear all these, like, terrible stories that I've never even imagined, like, women in church getting sexual harassed and uh, in, in business. And then you have to go back to those environments after you've been victimized. Um, and I think, you know, if I see it, man, like, I'm, I'm going to be upset. Like, so uh, I think, fellas, we got to get more upset about these kind of things because um, it's too many stories. Um, it's way, way too many stories about our sisters and our aunts and our mothers, um, you know, our daughters uh, of having these stories, and it just has to stop. So I think for anyone who's single, um, it's kind of like a joke. It's like people are like, oh, what's your biggest fear? And you're like, uh, my wedding night. So I think, it's, I think it's like a joke that people say, but it's real. 
like for some people, um, like he said, for some people it's the it's when they lose their virginity, and for some people it's not. Um, and I mean, I like I said, I grew up where sex wasn't talked about in church, but also I grew up I didn't have a good model of a healthy relationship. And I think my, so I have one biological sister, and then the others um, are not, the other my siblings are not, but I think my parents had sex twice, just for me and my sister. Like, I'm pretty sure that's it. Because I never saw them even, like, hold hands or anything. So, I don't know. But I will say, and I can, and I'm saying this from firsthand experience, um, if they don't want a relationship, don't give them relationship benefits. And... For me, like, I was 18 when I met the love of my life, so y'all can see where that ended up now, um, and it kind of goes along the same lines of, <laughs> it, <laughs> he's not, he's not here. Oh, he's not here. <laughs> oh, never Yes, um, and I mean, even going off of that, like, don't give your boyfriend or your girlfriend your husband or your wife benefits, because I was engaged. So I was like, oh, we're going to get married. We didn't. Yeah, thanks for getting real. Uh, can y'all give us five more minutes? Is that okay? Five more minutes? Y'all liking this so far? Okay, cool. Um, I want to finish on this question because I wanted to give you guys one more opportunity to, to just say what you needed to say. So give us one final piece of advice. Marriage, dating, relationships. What's something that you want our community to know? community here in the link. <laughs> Ours, you're included, Anthony. <laughs> um, I think one thing for me is I thought when I got married, it was just going to be rainbows and butterflies and my spiritu my spirituality is going to be so much better and um, I'm going to go so much closer to the Lord. And that is not true if you don't put in the time to do it. Um, and so what you do preparing for marriage and what you do outside of your relationship is so important. And so if you can start those habits early of staying um, in the word and having your quiet times and um, just communicating with God and letting him fill you up regularly, it is huge for um, you to take that into a marriage and keep that habit yourself and let it be separate than a relationship. Um, yeah, mine's pretty similar. I think regardless of if you're married or single, life really isn't about that anyways. Um, it's just a bonus either way. Um, life is about making the most of our time here for the glory of God. And whether that is through marriage or through singleness, um, that's the avenue. Um, marriage is a ministry, but so is singleness. And I think first and foremost, we try to remind ourselves, like, our marriage is not about us just having a good time. As much as we have a good time, we're best friends, um, but that's not why God brought Alex to me. Um, he brought Alex to me because we share a similar heart for ministry, and we're able to execute that together because we have similar passions and talents. And so our ministry has now combined in such a seamless way. Um, and that's the whole point of our marriage. It's not so that we can finally have sex. It's not so that um, we can go on all these fun dates or have this beautiful wedding, dare I say. Um, 
the dream wedding. Um, twice. <laughs> um, the first one was not a dream wedding. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's about ministry. And so with that being said, regardless of if you're married or if you're single, are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of your relationship with God? Because if you're not, what's the point anyways? Um, if you're not, then your, married, your, your ministry is not going to be successful anyways. And so first and foremost, live your life through the lens of how healthy is my ministry right now? And with that being said, how healthy is my relationship with God? How healthy is my mind, my mental health? How healthy is my physical body? Just all these things. Um, maintain those things. Um, is not healthy, then you can be um, a bonus, um, a benefit to anyone. And so um, I'm always um, thinking about as a mom, as a wife, keeping myself healthy um, to be able to care for my family. Um, And for me, it's about um, them accepting me in the place I'm at um, and them understanding me, um, me bringing balance to them to support them to continue to keep them healthy. Um, for me, that's what relationships is about, not if it's with Anthony or uh, with my children. It's just, it, I mean, with my husband, it's just about if it's with my children or if it's with my community. Um, relationships is about um, building on something that you want to last forever. And I think that's the most important thing about uh, where you stand in life, if you want to build a strong relationship, um, take those steps to do it. Um, it will never come. It will never happen unless you continue to make those steps. Um, and so that's what put me, Anthony, in the position we are at to have a happy marriage, not to show it, um, to put pictures out. It's it's real. Um, and I always people always say, oh, you seem so happy. And I'm like, no, it's real. I'm, I'm happy. Um, we do life together. <laughs> Um, and so um, that's what I would encourage everyone to do. So I'm reading, I just started reading a book uh, called Love Your Neighbor uh, from Doc Courage. She's at the church. Uh, everybody should read the book. I just started it. Um, but there is, there's, there's um, at the top of the book, it's talking about communication uh, and communication. It's, this, this book is primarily talking about communities and cultures and, uh, you know, living, coexisting together. However, there was a, a quote in there that uh, it's going to be a quote that I hold on to forever. And I actually just was talking uh, even to my niece about this, uh, about relationships. There was a quote in the book that said, um, the better you communicate, the better relationships you will have. Um, com- if, you, if you're not a very good communicator, you're not going to have very good relationships. Uh, and this is, this, this is bigger than a spouse. This is at your job, on social media, uh, whatever. Uh, if you're not a good communicator, and if you are a good communicator, you probably got good friendships uh, and good relationships. So, uh, and I, I think as it relates to, I can say our age group. <laughs> I'm at the top of that, but I'm, you know, I'm with y'all. I'm with y'all. I got the ripped up jeans and everything. Uh, <clears throat> put these on for y'all, by the way. Uh, Alex. Um, 
Doesn't he have great hair? He's got great hair. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, seriously. Um, as it as it relates to to, to this age group, um, social media is huge, right? Uh, and I think what we're seeing in society uh, on a on a large level, people are being more outgoing on in virtual world and more secluded and within themselves in real life. Um, a conversation I was having with some businessmen, they were just saying, like, when people come into interviews, you're probably going to get the job just by being friendly and kind because people don't know how to interact anymore. Um, and I think, like, social media, like, I, I, I stay on social media, social media, so I know how cool it can be. I know how useful it can be. But the flip side of it is we become terrible communicators as well, too. We see all the funny videos of people on their phones and walking in front, hitting themselves in, with poles in front of them and stuff like that. Um, like, that's the, that's the real thing. Like, I think we need to be conscious of, of, uh, of those things because it is a double-edged sword. On one, one, on one side, we're connected to the whole world, but on the other side, we're not connected to our neighbor anymore. Um, like, my, I, I got, got nieces and nephews that got friends in Atlanta and Houston, and you say, who do you hang with in Fayetteville and, and West Memphis? And they were like, I don't got no friends. It's like, how, how do you have friends all the way across the country, but the people right beside you don't matter? Uh, and, I, and I think that goes directly into marriage and other relationships when you become more of a better communicator. Uh, and I just challenge everybody, let's get out of our heads as much. Um, let's have mentors. Um, let's have friends that we can talk to. Um, the person I'm always drawn to are the people that was that's in the corners by themselves. Uh, I, I don't think she's she would, um, you know, be upset with me saying this, but she was really, really reserved in, in high school. Um, and I was the clown, so I would walk up to her and get on her nerves all the time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to people that's just kind of quiet. I look for the people that's kind of standing in the corner. And I think that's a God thing. Like, we need to be those bridges in the community and pull those people out of the corner and pull them into the crowds. Uh, and, and let's express ourselves a little bit more. And let's, let's explore these thoughts that's in our heads. Uh, and I think we'll all be better off in all kinds of relationships, marriage included. Okay, uh, I think for me it's, I wrote down a lot of different things, and I think the one that um, I want to leave y'all with for the single people, um, if you're single, stick firmly to your non-negotiables. That's such a church word, but that's all. That's the best way to describe it. Um, and trust the people that do life with you, that do life closely with you, trust their discernment of who you're dating because you trust them with everything else. And I know Liz is giving me a look right now because I'm literally saying this to myself. <laughs> Um, but God didn't create you in his image for you to give yourself to someone who doesn't deserve you. Well, if, uh, I didn't have to pay for it, I'd drop the mic. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Hey, can we thank our panel tonight for coming out here? Thank you guys for getting real and, uh, vulnerable and spicy. That was, that was great. Thanks for doing that. Hey, I know that you guys are used to us finishing on a response song. Uh, we don't have that in this series. Um, we are not responding in worship. We're not responding with a song. 
Instead, I want you all to respond in conversation. I hope that you will leave from here um, having conversations like we've had here today. Feel the freedom to ask questions about the people next to you. Ask them about how uh, comfortable or confident they are in their singleness, in their dating, in their marriage. And, and let's get real. Let's ask the hard questions. Let's have more of these conversations so that the church is known um, for being real and being vulnerable and being willing to uh, have these conversations where maybe we haven't in the past. So thank you guys for being a part of this series and, and this conversation. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about The Link, check out our website, thelinkatclc.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thelinkatclc. From glory to glory.